0: Welcome back to the Snowbling Podcast. This is your host, Gorda Van, and uh, host, co-hosting with me again today is Hal Armstrong. Uh, Hal's uh, very familiar with the uh, 2019 Polaris models, and um, we have, uh, Hal, we have unprecedented access today to uh, some of the employees at uh, Polaris and uh, product managers and uh, and uh, senior print managers and, uh, we, you know, uh, all these, all these great people. So, uh, if anybody's uh, hesitating to uh, pull the trigger on a 2019 Polaris, hopefully we can uh, convince them with uh, with this uh, podcast to uh, to uh, run out there and uh, and get get that snow check done. So, let me uh, tell you who's on on the show today. We got Marty Marty Sampson, product manager for Snow. How you doing, Marty? I'm doing great. Thanks. Great. We have Ricky Yeager, platform manager for Snow. How you doing, Ricky? Really good. And we have Julie Benton, the person that put all this together and got all these fine people together. Julie Benton is the, uh, 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 let, me get, let me get this straight, your senior marketing manager for Snow, correct? That is correct. Awesome. Okay, Hal, where do you want to lead off?
1: Okay, uh, thanks, uh, thanks everybody, for, uh, for uh, uh, joining us, and uh, we hope everybody out there that, like Gord said, who's... Uh, you know, just hesitating, or they're just going to be going to the sneak peek uh, shows. We've got one uh, this weekend up in uh, north of Toronto. Uh, We'll be listening, and uh, hopefully we can ask some of the questions that, uh, you know, folks that are looking to buy a new sled would want to ask you if they had access like we do. Um, I always want to start off the questions with uh, just a recap of model year 18. What were the... uh, what were the highs of uh, Model Year '18 sleds? Uh, you know, the XCR um, came, in the Switchback, um, the Assaults—they were—they were great uh, sleds from the previous year. What were uh, what were some of the uh, the um, you know the uh, positives from 2018 going into 2019 that you wanted to uh, improve upon?
2: Well, the, the big Model Year '18 news was the launch of the Titans, so the ultimate sport crossover, um, so that is that was something that was felt, you know, worldwide. A lot of uh, Canadian, a lot of Scandinavian, and a lot of North American or U.S. customers were really excited about that launch. Um, filled a void in the marketplace with a very sporty, very fun-to-ride, um, highly versatile vehicle. So Titan was big news for us from out of year 18, and then we also launched uh, Switchback XCR, which went out and won the iron dog this winter. So that's pretty exciting news for us. And then the SKS 146 platform, which is uh, kind of the ultimate crossover sled. So lots of news in 18 that, uh, that brought us in to roll through the winter this year and uh, went out and proved itself with our, with our uh, 800 HO engine
1: packages, Mm -hmm. winning, winning things like iron dog and, and dominating on the hill climb circuit okay uh fantastic and uh yeah i got to spend the uh, winter on a eight hundred uh x c r switchback. back um, previous year i had just the one twenty one uh same model eight hundred uh x c r and uh yeah longer track it uh it delivered uh you know what i had rode in uh Roseau the previous january and uh you know great in the bumps uh Longer track, like everybody knows, it does uh, provide better flotation, better bump uh, uh, ride, and uh, the the 135 Cobra really uh, really uh, bites into the hard pack. So overall, it's a great sled, absolutely no problems. And the uh, the 800 uh, motor uh, the Polaris has, um, of course, it's 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 dialed, in now it's pretty well bulletproof. So um, did you well, read the,
2: the Iron, iron gun? Did you race the Iron Dog with your XCR? No,
1: <laughs> no. No, I, no, I would have come in. I'd still be uh, trying to make the finish. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it would
2: give you every chance in the world. They proved that. Yeah. How's a, how's a little <laughs> on in the two? Yeah, it's, 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 it's,
1: no, I think are one of those. The The XCR is one of those sleds that it's uh, it's way more capable sled than the majority of riders that buy one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: But we're all wanna be uh we're all wanna be uh, racers, right? gay bunkies <laughs>
2: Yes.
1: that's what that's what keeps us young. <laughs> so yeah, so the big surprise, I guess, you know, everybody knows now that uh new motor eight fifty. Um, people have seen a lot of uh, info on it on uh, uh from the Polaris website, all the videos you're uh, you're bombarding everybody with. Um 850 motor why why an 850 cc engine it's uh um you know gone from an 800 maybe that's one of the questions that's out there is why do you arrive at an 850 cc engine versus a 900 or an 825 maybe you can go through the math what is what was the thinking behind that displacement for for the new engine Um, that was that's
2: a great question and it's pretty easy for us to talk about So as as snowmobiles progress and riders always want more power, just like you had said a little bit ago, you know, we're all racers at heart. We all love power. We all love performance. We all love responsiveness. Um, But when we went to the drawing board to talk about what we want to do for a new engine, we wanted to be able to deliver all that, but we wanted to be able to deliver it at class leading levels of durability and maintain the fun, responsive feel that our 800 engines are really known for. So, yeah you, you can build engines much bigger the ag- the marketplace has proven over the years that you know manufacturers can build big engines but the tricky part is to make an engine uh ultra reliable and durable and super responsive so it's really really fun to ride and get the power level that our customers are demanding so the path to that was pretty was uh a long grind and it was building engines and figuring out true concepts and prototypes to, to get the right combination of the durability that we were looking for along with the super responsive feel that our, that our customers want out of our sled. So, you know, ultimate throttle response. So when you wick when you the throttle, it responds instantly. And that came through a lot of prototypes and a lot of testing and a lot of building concepts and getting them out on the snow um that was over quite a few years
0: yeah. uh ricky so how, the, how, many, how many versions how many versions of engines do you w- would you do in a, in a in a say a future model kind of thing like you, you said that you, you you tried several different um motor options um r- roughly for just for the sake of our information for our our, our our listeners, how many versions would you make? Like you, you do, eight twenty-five, eight fifty, you know, a nine hundred. You, you try them all. Um, how many would you try? You know, is that is that a secret? Yeah, or...
2: <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely not a
0: secret. but I'll
2: give you a little bit more background, though. So, I've, I've been at Polaris for twenty years, and Ricky's been at Polaris on the powertrain side for a long time, also, um, and. This is our first all-new from the ground up all-new engine platform for the premium, ultimate-class snowmobiles. So all the other versions of our 440, 600, 800 over the years have been based on the architecture that started way back in the late 90s. Yes, there's a lot of differences, but um, that basic architecture has been in place. So to go back to your question of how many different versions – it wasn't just a displacement thing it was bore and stroke combinations and versions of different combinations of components to start to get an idea what we wanted to try to change and how we wanted to affect how the engine feels so that that was over that was over a long period of time and and if i look back you know we were writing versions of different components for this engine platform before we even launched our 800HO engine platform. So it's been quite a few years. Now, to put a number on it, um, depending on what you really call a version, um, I'd say it's something like, if we talk about just bore and stroke combinations and and component combinations, it's probably, I'm going to go out on a limb here a little bit and say it's probably six to six to nine different versions of bore and stroke and different combinations of components to really get it dialed in on how we wanted it to feel and what we wanted out of this engine.
3: And we we built those and put them on snow. I think that that's the other thing to emphasize is that there there was a lot of design work that went into this, but we didn't just stop there. We put them on snow to, again, make sure our team, that these, you know, that the engines were actually feeling like what they wanted them to feel like on snow, not just on paper. So that was happening several years ago as well.
4: Yeah, great to know. Great to know. And and, cool. and yeah, and I, w- I would also add that you know, as Marty alluded to, is we learned a lot as we developed the eight hundred HO, and a lot of those same elements uh, we improved upon uh, and put into the eight hundred and fifty Patriot. So as as he talked about, you know, it's it's probably you know between a half dozen and a dozen different configurations that we put together and put on the snow and evaluated for what needs to go in to make a next-generation engine. Nice. Great.
1: Okay, Hal. Um, Yeah, I'm just looking at the uh, the spec sheet on this motor, and, uh, you know, once you start getting up into the the bigger bore motor's vibration is a a big issue. Um, And I'm seeing that, you know, you've designed a completely new crank. Is this a full-circle crank, or is it a pork chop-type crank?
4: It is a pork chop design, uh, very similar to what we what we brought on the 800 HO. Um, so as we looked at going up in displacement on this motor, again, a key emphasis was really minimizing inertia uh, to really feed into the acceleration and responsiveness that we have on the 800 HO and preserve that on this engine. Um, mm. so we chose a bore and stroke that did that. And you can see throughout the engine how we looked to minimize inertia. Keeping the weight low on the piston, keeping the counterweight low on the crankshaft, really minimizing the overall inertia of the crankshaft to feed into that acceleration responsiveness.
1: Nice. So if I'm a, if I'm an 800 uh, owner right now, um, and they're really happy with the performance of their motor, and and I jump onto the 850, what am I going to notice in the seat of the my pants and in my and as far as vibration on the handlebars? That's from good, my 800.
0: That's a good question, Hal. Because a lot of people, they are very happy with their 800s. <laughs> that's you know, so I'm sure a lot of people are surprised, you know, that uh, that 800 was a great performer.
4: Yeah, the the 800 HO has been uh, a very good overachiever for us, not only from a power responsiveness standpoint, but also from a durability standpoint. But with the the 850 Patriot, we developed an all new mount system. Uh, that works really well with the access chassis and really minimizes that vibration back to the operator. Uh, So we were actually able to improve the isolation. Uh, So as good as the 800 HO is, the 850 Patriot actually is smoother.
1: So the engine mount, is it it actually like a a dampener system or is it like a rigid mount?
4: It, it it has a uh, a special designed isolator uh, that works to it's really focused around the motion of the engine and we were actually able to eliminate the torque stop and we can control the motion of the engine uh, just with the mount configuration that we developed and it really helps not only isolate the vibration from the the uh, the operator or the rider. But it also helps us control the center distance and extend the life of the belt, letting it run cooler. Really controlling okay. the the center distance between the primary and secondary.
1: Okay, so we're not going to see. Uh, so it's going to it's going to maintain that uh, center distance and minimize uh, engine twist. Uh, so belt life uh, shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be a, a concern then. Correct. Yeah, we've actually we've actually made some changes to the belt package.
2: It's to the belt. It's a new belt. And with the control that this new mount system allows us to have while keeping the engine isolated from the chassis, um, we're seeing, um, pretty big increases in belt life rather than decreases in belt life. So we're really, really happy with the way this mount system is working and combined with the new belt. Um, we're seeing, uh, nice increases in belt life over the over the life of the vehicle. The other the other thing that, that mount go ahead. I'm just the, the other of... thing that, that mount system really gives us is it gives us a whole different level of refinement. And Ricky touched on that a little bit. But when you get on the sled between between the clutch package, the mount system um, the isolation from the chassis, you really get a whole new level
1: of refinement out of the
2: new Patriot Eight Hundred and Fifty.
1: Okay, the uh, the uh, um, the fuel uh, 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 injection system on this uh, sled—it's um, a throttle body. It's it's uh, basically it's 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 like a clean fire uh, uh, system that most that we're familiar with, or is it something totally new?
4: Very similar to what we've got on the eight hundred h l it is okay. uh again injected into the the the, the boost parts okay.
1: so was there any was there any look at going to a like instead of a semi direct to a direct injection motor when Polaris was sure. retooling for this new engine or was that uh not required for the emissions?
4: It wasn't required. Uh, we do take a look at other uh, technologies that are out there. And really, the the system that we've got, the SDI system, is very efficient. Uh, we're able to achieve all of our emission requirements. And it's really a simpler system than going to a DI um, that we've seen adds weight, complexity, and cost that's not necessary.
1: OK. The, um, uh, it looks like the ECU has been changed. It's, uh, is it also, uh, uh, cooled by the motor to keep it, uh, cooler? Is it an air-cooled and what's, are you still monitoring all the same, uh, uh, uh you know, inputs from the motor or have you added anything?
4: It's actually an all-new ECU. Um, we've gone to a faster processor, so it, it, it's better from, uh, a control standpoint. We've added additional IO to it so we've added some additional sensors that help us improve the overall engine control and calibration. Uh, Two examples of those new sensors are we added a second EGT sensor to the resonator and then we've also added uh, industry first and exclusive fuel pressure and temperature sensor that allows us to, to monitor not only fuel pressure but temperature and adjust the calibration around
1: that. Okay, so that's uh, that's interesting. So, are, are you monitoring the engine temperature at the manifold plus the resonator, and then comparing the two, or?
4: Uh, we'll monitor the the air temp at the um, at the intake. Uh, we use two EGTS: one in the pipe, one in the resonator. Okay. And, again, this new sensor is actually measuring the temperature of the fuel in the fuel line going to the rail, and we can make calibration adjustments based on that. Okay. So that's something new and exclusive to the industry right now.
1: So if you looked at, uh, you know, I mean, you know, emissions are a big thing. People are thinking about that. What are the... Uh, the. Uh, uh, you know when you did the uh, emissions testing on this motor, how does it compare to the uh, the 800 then? Is it a cleaner burning engine or similar
4: it 's similar from an emission standpoint. It is a, a more efficient engine, so again, a lot of the work we did in the combustion development, the porting uh, has resulted in a more efficient engine, but the resulting emissions are very similar to where we 're at with the 800 h o.
0: Okay, Gord. Any questions? I was just wondering. Uh, um, somebody can tackle this. One of you can tackle this. Um, you're, I mean, modern-day sleds now—they're—they're—they they require so much, uh, uh, you know, data and in, in, you know, sensors and stuff like that. How how are you guys, uh, you know, tackling this? You, you're you're dealing with a lot of voltage and a lot of sensors and a lot of uh, stuff uh, through through your magnetos and and uh, ECUs and stuff like that. Uh, is this is this a huge challenge for for you guys to uh, to, to, to really keep up with uh, you know the uh, the type of uh, uh, ignitions and you know throttle bodies and you know all all these things that you're doing with the with your engines nowadays is, is that one of the biggest challenges for, for building a new motor now
4: it, I, I wouldn't say it's really a challenge we continue to leverage those new technologies just to make the the refinement of the engines uh, even better um, for example last year with the Titan we introduced a new regulator system called a power boosting regulator that gives us more um, electrical output, more power throughout our RPM range and also feeds into quicker starting. Uh, There's another example of a technology that also Mm -hmm. fed into the 850 Patriot as that same regulator system uh, is integrated to this engine. But again, we'll we'll leverage those sensors and that technology and uh, into our software, into our ECU to continue to refine and make the engines
0: better. Hal, hey, okay. maybe we could. we, we should uh, uh, make a, uh, let them run down um, exactly what the uh, snow checks models are this year. Just so, so people are, are are clear on that. So we know what models where. You know, people have to keep an eye on if they're if they're looking at a model. They should uh, you know they get, they got to pull the trigger pretty quick on uh, on a snow check. So so uh, who wants to tackle that? What models uh, are, are are snow check uh, models this year?
3: So from a Snowcheck perspective, what's really exclusive this year and, and where customers want to make sure that they, they get to their dealers here here really soon is, is the 850, right? So it's the 850 is available across the lineup. We've got it on Rush, Switchback, Switchback Assault, SKS, the Indy 129 platform, which is all new. So that's really exciting, as well as Pro ProRMK. Um, so it's available across a broad majority of the lineup, it's, uh, but it is Snowcheck exclusive. So people want to make sure that they, if they get to their dealer now. Um, the the dealers are uh, ready to take orders, so make sure you get into them as soon as you can. The subject check ends April seventeenth, but I I get there soon.
0: Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay. Um, uh, we, should, we should back up a little bit here. Uh, you, you had an early release of the Evo. Um, a lot of a lot of a lot of talk about that sled. Um, I, I mean, I, I got to hand it to you guys. You know, so many people have been asking. You know any manufacturer to produce this sled um you know you know everybody wants a, 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 an intro sled and stuff like that um and and players and players pulled it off they, they they pulled off an amazing intro sled um uh so so kudos for you guys for doing that what 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 challenges i mean we hear challenges about building an intro sled you know you have margins to make and stuff like that, and, and you, you want to uh, you know use existing parts when you can to keep the cost down. Uh, talk to us about the Evo and, and, and the development of that sled.
2: Yeah, very, very, very good questions, and you're right about the challenges, and the primary challenge was really defining what we wanted the sled to be for that customer. Who is the sled really for, and where is the gap in the marketplace? And we, we spent, actually, we've spent years, you know, the industry has been asking for something for a long time. And there's there's a lot of talk about whether it should be youth-based or whether it should be, you know, adult-based and what does it really mean to have an intro sled. So, you know, the challenging part was where do we really aim? And what we landed on after lots of time and effort talking about who this customer really is, is we, what we landed on. Um, snowmobiles are fairly intimidating to walk up to and get on and, and feel comfortable and confident without having a bunch of experience. And with that, we said, so our, our defined customer is really somebody that is not confident, uh, not, uh, not a confident snowmobiler. And we took that and said, well, we still want a snowmobile. That's a real snowmobile. And we want to be able to bring people into the sport and build their confidence and let them get into snowmobiling without the intimidation of uh, full-sized ergo snowmobile. So once we defined that and we said, this is the path we're going down, it became easier to define what the sled should be. And that became, we want a real trail sled that you can go out and ride. We want it to go fast enough that it's entertaining and you can get the and you can get the full effect of becoming a cellmobiler. But we also want it to be um, small enough and sized appropriately that it's not a big, intimidating machine. And we wanted the stability that comes with that, and we wanted a person to get on it and feel at home right away with the power level and the feel and their ability to control the sled.
0: Yeah. Um- Okay, so the the Evo is is it's I guess you call it a progressive sled. You can make changes to grow with the rider. Uh, t- talk about exactly what you can do. You know, now, uh, it, it comes with an accessory that you can increase the performance of the of the of the engine. Um, so just describe how people can uh, can evolve with, with with the sled as as their child or or new rider grows with the sled. Um, explain how they can uh, you know uh, you know improve with the sled.
1: Yep.
2: That's a good question. So we'll be offering uh, accessories, and one of the accessories is what we call the Evolution Package, which is uh,
3: taking
2: taking our Indie Evo and being able to take it to the power and performance levels of a full-size 550 Indie while keeping the ergonomic package of the Evo um, as it was sold. So what they get is they get a, an ECU or a CDI that lets the sled go to... It's full attainable speed, um, and they also they also get the throttle that allows them to have full throttle operation to wide open throttle on the carburetors, and they get the the suspension package that puts this puts the vehicle ride height at full height to to be able to take the bumps and uh, and the trail system at the speed that the is going to be capable of once you change change out the performance parts. So they can basically take. They're evil and keep the small ergonomic package and take it up to the performance level of a 550 Indy. As, as the rider builds their confidence and gets better at snowmobiling.
3: I think the other thing that's great about offering that that accessory package, right, is it's it's just it continues to, to emphasize the the value that can be offered here by purchasing this. So you buy this sled and it doesn't need to be something that you know your kid grows out of in you know quick two or three years or that your rider really quickly. Uh, gets out of and that that's certainly a, a barrier we see with getting new people to come into snowmobiling is it can be an expensive sport to get into or it can be intimidating, and so I think those are a couple of those key factors that we're we're knocking down with Evo to get to get more people into the sport with us.
2: Right. Um, the other the other thing that I want to reinforce a little bit here on Evo is it, it's pretty easy to think about it as a as a maturing teenager um, or somebody that's. You know, coming up in a, in and around snowmobiling, but there is a there is a lot of people out there that would love to try out the sport of snowmobiling, but they're intimidated by the machines or their lack of experience. And what this is going to do is it's going to let somebody, no matter what their age, get on the sled and feel confident and in control of the vehicle and be able to go out and experience snowmobiling without the without the worries of um, maybe not having the control that they'd like to have. So, you know, it's pretty easy to focus on, um, you know, younger riders, but there's, we feel like there's a pretty big market out there for people that are just getting into snowmobiling and and, or don't need the full performance level of a full-size snowmobile. Yeah, for sure.
0: And uh, I think we've got think we can uh, we could uh, i mean the um once once somebody does i guess uh maybe outgrow this and wants to move up into uh uh a, a 500 or, or, or 600 in the um the resale has got to be really good because there's going to be other families out there that uh that are that that you know you are, know are interested in uh we've seen from another manufacturer um uh you know th- these sleds i mean they get resold and resold and resold and resold to to families that they know um and um uh, I mean it it's they're they're great sleds to you know for 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 resale because of that because uh there's always there's always you know kids growing there's always people having new families and uh and teenagers coming so you know it's a, it's a great it's I think it's an awesome segment you know it, it really is and we're we're super excited about it too so okay Hal, hel uh, uh do you want do you want to get back to uh to the to the big stuff again uh players has got a a, a new uh, 129 uh rear suspension uh uh, what have you got for them?
1: Uh, yeah, thanks, Gordon. Yeah, the uh, well, that was a surprise, um, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, 129. And I guess it's, you know, when I've been at Snowshoot the last couple of years uh, talking about uh, new sleds, I, I was kind of always uh, a little bit uh, miffed about when the Axis styling was going to hit uh, the Indy to give it a fresh new look. And 2019, you got it. So I guess my first question right off the bat is if I'm a performance rider and I'm looking at the uh, the XC 129, is this the same chassis that I'm seeing uh, Cody Cam race out on the snowcross uh, circuit? It, it's not the snowcross sled.
2: Um, the bulkhead is the same as all of the rest of our axis lineup. So to, to give you some idea Um, where the sled really starts from, basically all of our axis chassis sleds from the front torque arm forward are all exactly the same geometry. So whether it's a rush or a switchback or a switchback SP or a switchback assault, that geometry from the front torque arm forward is our rider balance geometry that we use throughout our lineup. And then the differences in all those sleds are from from the front torque arm rearward um, the rear torque arm and the geometry around the rear arm and and keeping that rider balance control and bump compliance while coupling the rear scissor lets us it, it gives us a greater range of versatility in the bumps so the the axis family is expanding with that premium Indy by bringing the 129 into that family and they're all sharing the same parts across the front two-thirds of the sled. okay
1: um, so um yep yeah. okay uh
0: now is is players are are they are, are, are they are they looking at maybe going one way or the other uh uh the the 129's new but uh the uh, the rush the rush uh, uh suspension um is this could this be a, a, a starting to phase out uh, that that rear suspension and you're going with the with the new suspension or or you're keeping them both and and continue to develop uh, the the rush suspension
2: yeah that's that's a good question um right now the way the way we we're positioning the sleds if you want the most focused trail cornering sled you can get um we look at that we look at our rush as a rush pro s is focused on trail riding and cornering capability. And then when we talk about the Indy 129, we're looking at the widest most widest range of usage, most versatile sled in that trail performance lineup. And then when we get to the other end of that, um, the XCR kind of holds down the other end of our of our, um, guys that want to go bitch bang and, and hit the big bumps and really push their sled hard. So right now, our 129 is is positioned at, as uh, and set up for the widest range of capability and then we're keeping the rush uh, focused on cornering capability and and trail trail manners
3: and even though we, we can't talk about you know exactly what the future is going to look like i think that the big thing for us is that the the future comes from what our customers tell us and and what we're seeing now is that there's a lot of people that, that love their rush and their Switchbacks. Um, and this was being able to give us something that satisfied some of the areas that some other customers said that they were still looking for, having something that was more versatile, that allowed them to have feeding and storage. Um, that was something that Google said that was missing. Um, but the reason Russian switchback are still in the lineup is because there is a lot of customers that, that love the way that that performing for them, and, and there's still um, niche markets of customers out there that those studs perform best for. Yeah.
0: I bet. I mean, I mean, everybody that I've talked to has been very happy with their with their rushes and switchback with the with the with that suspension. And it, it may have surprised uh, um, you know uh, others you know with it with this new suspension. But uh, uh, me for one, I mean, I was surprised. I mean, uh, Hal Hal. I mean, he, he raves about uh, uh, his uh, his uh, his rush. So uh, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it, it gives people uh, more of a you know, a, 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 I guess a, you know, a choice for for for, yep. for the suspension. That's good. So. Okay, Hal, what else have you got?
1: Well, the the new, uh, I guess the 120, this new Pro uh, CC or cross-country suspension, uh, why don't you step it through us? I'm looking at the geometry of this, and it looks like, uh, you know, you've separated the shock motion from the spring motion, so um, it's going to give me a softer ride in the the smaller chatter bumps, and I'm going to be running off the spring, and then... uh, uh, the bigger bumps I'm going to be uh, using the shock. Is that, is that what you've done on this suspension?
2: Yeah, primarily the, the big change with the Pro CC 129 is that it's coupled both uh, front arm to rear and rear arm to front. So what that lets us do is it gives us some levers to be able to let the suspension be compliant and feel um, really absorbed and controlled in the bumps and whether it's chatter or big bumps. And then with the coupling, it lets us borrow rate either front to rear or rear to front to control the bottoming. So it gives you a lot of ride compliance while still controlling bottoming. And you're right in the fact that the geometry, as you looked at the front torque arm, um, like we had mentioned earlier, it's exactly the same as a ProCC front torque arm. As a matter of fact, you could interchange all the parts between any of our Pro-CC switchback or Rush and that new Pro-C or Pro-XC switchback and Rush and the Pro-CC 129. It's all in the rear arm and, and aimed at giving you a, a very wide range of usability in the ride capability. The, the tricky part for us was to have that wide range of usage, so the... Bump compliance was really awesome in all kinds of conditions and still keeping that water balance control that our access platform is famous for. And we feel like we accomplished that um, in spades, being able to give you the the lean forward to get the front end to bite and lean back to be able to wheelie really over the chop with the bumps. Um, it really, really, really stands
1: out in the Pro CC 129. So so what you're saying with this suspension is, is I'm still going to get the rider control, maybe not as much as I do on the the, the, uh, the, the Pro-XC, the rush suspension, uh, where, you know, if I sit way in the back, the front end's lighter. If I move to the front, the front end bites into the corner. This suspension, I mean, how much different is it? Uh, let's go back to our old extra 10 days. I mean, they were front and rear and rear to back coupled, so nothing new there. What's different on this suspension from, say, the suspension that's in the uh, the Indy, other than the longer yeah. front torque arm? That
2: vastly different vastly different geometry from mm-hmm. those old suspensions. I would say those old suspensions were fairly hard-coupled, um, and the way the geometry is working in here, you're not going to feel it coupled front-to-rear or rear-to-front with the amount of – with the geometry as it's developed today – um, that coupling happens pretty seamlessly, and I would say it, it gives you, it delivers every bit the same amount of rider balance control, meaning uh, weight transfer when you're when you want weight transfer and bite in the front when you want bite in the front. Um, but what it really does is the coupling lets it be more compliant or as compliant and control bottoming to a higher level. By being able to borrow rate from one end or the other, so we get a, a new level of compliance while having a higher level of bottoming control. Now, the the setup and the aim for the ProCC 129 has been to have a very wide usage range. So where a, where a ProS is very focused on smoother trails and and cornering, this will have usage range up into the into the you know, bottom of the XCR spectrum in the big bumps, while still being close to a Pro-S in the, on the smooth flat trails. So just aiming at being very, very
1: wide usability. Okay. Um, just, I guess, one more question. So if I'm a current Rush owner and I'm looking to uh, buy new for uh, 2019, um having not written this new su- new, new uh, suspension, what would what would I notice uh, the difference between the two? Um, you're going to notice that the Indy 129
2: with the Pro CC rear suspension, it's going to sit a little bit higher in its stroke, and it's going to be able to resist bottoming in the big bumps better. Um, it's not going to have quite as focused Uh, cornering capability as a Pro S Rush. So if you're a guy that's really after like the ultimate cornering sled, a Pro S Rush is still uh, a great sled for that. If you want to go attack the bumps a little bit more, be able to attack the bigger rollers or when the trails trails get really choppy, um, this Pro CC gives you that wider usage range. Along with that, you get the versatility of the full tunnel. So that gives you some that gives you some um, a chance to carry items, uh, bags, and one plus one passenger seating options. So you get a wider versatility range out of, the, out of the Indy 129 and a little bit wider usage range with not quite as much focus on trail cornering capabilities. Does that answer your question?
1: Uh yeah. How about weight? Are they are, are they comparable in weight or or similar? That, the,
2: the Indy One Twenty Nine is a just a little bit heavier than the than the Rush. Okay, One Twenty One. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: All right. All right, um, Julie. Uh, Julie, you, you might be able to answer this We'll, we'll Get back to this the uh, the snow check. Um, you got a pretty generous four year uh, four year warranty. What, uh, is that just for snow checks? And uh, maybe explain exactly what uh, um, what snow check entitles us to this year.
3: Yeah, so with the the 850 motor this year, everybody that that gets an 850 will have a four year standard warranty. You know, we've we've offered four years an option in the past for SnowCheck customers. Um, they've also had other options that they can they can select during SnowCheck. But the, for 19, the big deal is that every 850 comes standard with that four year warranty. So there's some other great deals. Talk to your dealer, kind of see them for for different promotional offers. But um, I think that that four year warranty really tells you how we're standing behind this engine and how confident we are in in the durability and the experience you're going to get so very excited about that but yeah definitely see your dealer for other promotions and other deals that they have going on but four-year come standard for all 850
0: perfect okay yeah. okay um do you want to do you want to go with uh, mountain sleds and all hell your, your specialty uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah um yeah. okay um, the, the the new the new uh, the, the new chassis for the, the mountain chassis. Uh, um, explain um, what, what's new with that, um, and uh, you know, talk about so, some of the some of the new models uh, um, that you have in the in the mountain segment.
2: All right. So, mountain wise, so RMKs. Um, the the big news there, besides the Patriot eight hundred and fifty engine package, is the React front suspension. So the react front suspension is um, a new front suspension width. It's a 36 to 38-inch adjustable IFS that comes with forged upper and lower control arms and forged spindles. And, you know, the aftermarket's been doing some narrower front suspensions, whether it was offset spindles or full front suspension packages. But typically they're limited with the levers they can pull to really get the geometry right for the sled to act the way we wanted it to act off trail which is super predictable while also being really really agile um so that the new front suspension will be across the board on all six eight and 850 patriot pro rmks so that's the that's the really big news on the rmk front for 2019 is we're bringing that reactor across the board great
0: okay um so um one of a one of uh questions that was uh sent in to me from one of your famous lady mountain sled riders um you, you I'm pretty sure you know who she who she is um so I, I, I guess she's having trouble with handlebars uh, which needs narrower handlebars is something like that uh, um, maybe available for for as an accessory or maybe um I'm thinking of, of, of uh, standard equipment for uh, for mountain sleds because you get a lot you, you do have a lot of a lot of uh, uh, smaller and you know uh, female riders on, on your on your sleds
2: Who yeah it's a that's a good question and there's a few things going on out there we we get we get uh, a lot of feedback from a lot of riders from different directions and we really feel like we're landing right in the heart of what our riders want for bar heights with our three different options of low, medium, and tall. And the other thing that I'd remind the listeners about is um, these aluminum bars, much like on a motocross bike, if you want to shorten them up a little bit, you can you can make them a little bit narrower. There's plenty of room on the bar itself to uh, take it on your own to shorten your bars up. And I know a lot of riders out there have personal preference on how wide they want their bars. And and it's it's a pretty easy task to just uh, to go in there and make them whatever width that you'd like them to be, just watching out for the controls to make sure that you have room for everything. Yeah. So, you know, I, I know guys like Brandt and Dan Adams and Chris Brown, you know, they all have their personal preference on what height they like, what width they like, and much like many, many motocrossers out there, uh, they make them... They make them personalized for themselves,
0: right? Um, so the, the, the bend doesn't. If somebody wanted to cut down the bars, the the, the bend wouldn't have interfere with uh, with cutting that down.
2: Yeah, there's, there's quite a bit of room on the bars to make them a little bit shorter if they'd like to.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. How about uh, um, you got you got no tether on, on your mountain sleds? I guess as, as uh, um, was that ever a consideration? I mean, there's a lot, a lot of talk. Uh, about you know people wanting tethers on their on their mountain sleds now, uh, um, yeah, they can easily add them. But um, why why wouldn't uh, Polaris uh, you know install something like that a uh, standard equipment?
2: Well, we get a lot of feedback from a lot of our riders, and there's been some back and forth about um, whether our our mountain riders want tethers on their sleds or not. Obviously, we take safety as a top priority at Polaris, and we want to make sure that we're doing the right thing for our customer. Um, we offer a tether system that they can add, and it's very easy to add into the into the electrical system. So we have that right now for our riders that want it, and um, it's something that we'll be listening to our customer base and, and trying to align with with what they're asking for.
0: Okay, okay, Hal, what else you got? I got.
1: Yeah, I, I've got a question. So I see. Uh, as far as the quick drive goes on the RMKs, you're, uh, you didn't uh, you didn't uh, put that. You're, you're just using that still on your uh, on the 800 Pro RMKs. Are you using that on the 850 also?
2: Yes, every
1: every Pro RMK with a 2.6 track
2: is a quick drive equipped sled, and then the th- the three inch track
1: sleds are chain case sleds. Okay, so it's just the uh, the three inch pitch tracks are the chain case. Okay. Uh, tell us walk us through the uh, Marty, walk us through the new uh, springs that uh, this SLS spring setup that's on the uh, on the new front end. Yeah, the new
2: SLS springs are a super exciting development for us. Um around Polaris there's quite a few people that are into lots of different sports and and Along the way, somebody noticed that the mountain bike industry was out there using this um, new technology that they were calling SLS springs, and they were they were saying things like lighter than titanium. So we started digging in and trying to figure out who was making those and trying to learn about it. And we found we found the the vendor that is building those springs and started working with them um, with the with the goal of bringing that to the mountain snowmobile segment and. Basically, this vendor, um, we we brought them up to speed so they could build the type of volumes that we needed, and we worked with them on the design to optimize the design for our snowmobiles and match the spring rates that we needed, and they were able to deliver a spring that meets the spring rates, is uh, a nice, low-stress design, and actually did end up lighter than titanium springs at the rates that we needed. So, pretty... Pretty cool technology that we're able to bring that uh, started out in mountain biking, and we have uh, Polaris-exclusive um, availability of those springs on our RMK mountain sleds.
0: Yeah, interesting. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a mountain biker myself, and the, yeah, I, I know exactly. You, you're you're an avid mountain biker, too, aren't you, Marty? That, yes, I am. Yeah, I'm on the road in a week and a half and I'm pretty excited. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm still fat biking out here so uh <laughs> so um okay, that's great. Yeah, that's it. That's interesting. Uh that uh, those those springs. Um what else you got, Hal? You got you got anything uh
1: uh well, let's uh let's go back to um, um why don't we touch on to, on to the assaults. Any uh, any big changes on the uh on the uh, assaults this year?
2: Now, the, the Assault is back this year basically in the same form that it's been um, the last couple of years once we moved it into the Axis chassis.
4: So that's, okay. uh,
2: that's the RMK Assault that we're talking about. Um, yeah. And then we have the Switchback Assault lineup that's also super popular for us. Um, yeah. So always always open to suggestions. And, you know, again, we're listening to our customer base and and trying to keep that sled aligned with what that customer wants for um, what they're doing with the sled?
3: Okay.
1: Um, let's head back now back to trail a little bit and um, um, going to the uh, the rush uh, lineup. Uh, basically, we're coming back with just bold new graphics and the 850 motor. Is that it, or is there any other updates to the sled? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to say that, if you want to say that's it, I would say
2: that's it. Eight fifty Patriot engine in a rush is a it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty kick butt machine.
1: <laughs> you've got a new uh, you've got a new track option also available this year in the uh, uh, this Casmo Storm track with the inch and a half lug uh, it was kind of uh, introduced last year. Why don't you tell us what that track has to offer? I see you can get it on the Indy. Uh, it's not available on the Rush. But correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so if I want to go to this inch and a half track, who, who, what type of rider am I that I would want to uh, move to that track uh, um, versus the uh, Cobra? Yeah, I think the I think the new Storm 150 is
2: available across the Trail Performance line. It's an option okay. in SnowCheck for all, all of those. Yep, and
3: I'll switch back in the Indy. Yep.
2: And we've been working with Campso on that for a couple winters now, and it's a pretty exciting track. So it's the first track in the market that's it's taller in the center, and then it's got an offset on the side lugs. So that there's a few things going on there. What it does is it gives you a ton of penetration um, on harder-packed snow with those taller center lugs. So it gives you an unbelievable amount of acceleration and braking traction mm-hmm. and w- without affecting the cornering much because you're not trying to break those big lugs out of the snow all the way off to the edges of the track. So you still get awesome cornering, um, and a bunch of traction and guys that are going to really like that track. It's not quite as fast on top speed as some of our other track options, but it gives you tons of corner to corner acceleration and braking. And then it's also pretty impressive off trail. You get off the trail and play, uh, in the meadows or in the swamps or whatever in the Midwest, and it's got a lot of off-trail traction while still being a really, really fun and uh, and hardcore on-trail track.
1: Okay, that's uh, that's an interesting, uh, and, and that's an exclusive to Polaris that that track, or it is exclusive to
2: Polaris. Yes, it, yep, we uh, we helped develop it, and we were we were with working with them along the way on it, and have exclusive rights to it.
1: Um, and it's going back back to the Indy lineup, um, you know, out, out on the trail, I'm not seeing a lot of Polaris sleds being used as two-up machines uh, these days. I know you make the uh, you know the 550 Indy Adventure in that, but uh, with the uh, with the new XC, if I go that way and uh, uh, I convince my wife to buy one, I can still buy the the uh, adapter kit to put a second seat on the back. Is that an option or no?
2: Absolutely. So the Indy 129, and then our 144 and 146 switchback models, um, that seat will fit right on there. And you're right. Today, you don't see a lot of Polarises with two-up options on them. But our customer base has been telling us that they really, really want the availability of a two-up option, whether it's whether it's their wife or their you know or their children or somebody that they take with occasionally. Um, this is really going to fit that need because you can buy a you can buy a hardcore trail sled in that Indy 129 that you really get the best of the best, and you can add the two up option for the occasional time when you want to take somebody with you on a on a ride. So, we the customer base has been telling us that, and and we're listening and and giving them what they're asking for.
3: And great to have that versatility,
0: but your wife needs her own sled too. Just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> well, I mean, we, uh, uh, Hal, Hal, and I, we had uh, we had this to, the, the two up uh, kit on our switchback, uh, I, I guess two two years ago, and it, it really surprised me how good that two up uh, edition was. Uh, it had the you know the, the baggage on on the back, uh, you know, good baggage, and it did not affect um, the, you know the, the the single up riding a, a, at all. Um, um I, I did have a, a request for uh for heated seats though with from from my partner um but uh that was the only complaint i uh, i heard but uh, it was a it was it's a a very good two up uh two up package
3: absolutely yeah
1: thank you <laughs>
0: uh, okay held you know, sh- should we tackle the hot button uh, uh the question here um four strokes <laughs> um you have you have not none, none in your in your lineup yet Polaris has some excellent four strokes in their UTVs and ATVs um we've seen we've seen uh, directions from other manufacturers uh, go with a lot of four strokes and turbocharging four strokes and stuff like that um any 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 reason uh why y- you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't have a four stroke or turbocharging a four stroke or anything like that or I know there's a lot of expense to it <laughs>
2: I'll uh, I'll take that and tell you that we are watching the market very closely to understand exactly what our customers want. I know that sounds like a little bit of a theme in this conversation, but um, you know, as the as the market defines itself and and the customer need and ask for a four stroke develops, um, we're watching that closely. Yeah, we we've, we've got our we've got our eye on what our customers are asking for.
0: Yeah. I know, I know, I know. The OEMs have to watch. You know, uh, you, you know w- what, what exactly is the market right now for all models right down the lineup, and um, I mean uh, it's 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 a tough deal. I know, I, I know, that to develop a brand new sled, and for you know for how many for how many you know sales you're going to get out of them, it's a it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of uh, uh, investment into 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 such things like that. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I, I think you got a pretty good pretty good uh, 19 season coming up with the new uh, 850. So. Um, Hell, so hell. let me
2: let me ask you a question. So if Polaris were to go develop a four stroke, um, what would you want to see first?
0: Well, obviously the the questions that I that I see horsepower. They want big horsepower, like into the 180 one, or two hundred range. Um, that that's I, I guess uh, you you've seen this too. I mean, um, that's what everybody says they want is is a big huge horsepower four stroke turbocharged, you know uh i mean and you know uh, Polaris Razor has a, has a, as an excellent uh an excellent engine that would uh, that you know probably you could probably do something with uh with uh, in in a in a snowmobile platform um i, yeah. I know i know you can't say yeah. you haven't tried it because i i know you probably have <laughs> you're not going to admit it but uh um but but i say it's it's a huge investment for for the OEMs these days when uh um you know we're trying to uh to entice more more uh more people into this into uh, into snowmobiling and try to keep the ones that we do have
2: well i appreciate that it's always it's always good to hear you guys touch a lot of people and hear a lot of feedback so it's, it's good to hear what you guys are hearing
0: yeah um okay Hal. anything else uh just maybe just touch a little bit on the
1: uh on the um uh, the titan from last year uh i know remember when i was in rosa when you unveiled it? i was really you know Shocked uh, um, that Polaris went that way versus, you know, uh, uh, the intro model like the Evo. I would have expected the Evo before the uh, the Titan, but um, how was the feedback on the Titan? I did see a handful of them this year. Uh, we were up in northern Ontario up around Timmins, Cochrane uh, for a four-day ride, and I did see some Titans on the trail. Um, not a lot of them, but uh, did they end up you know, going to the market that you, that they were built for, or did they surprise you and you ended up selling them in a different market uh, place? What, uh, where did they fit in uh, overall in the uh, scheme of things compared to what your marketing had told you?
2: Yeah, Titan, Titan overall exceeded our expectation in the marketplace. And it did some of both of what you were just talking about. Um, You know, the volume of them that we built and sold was higher than we expected. And, that went to both people that were using them as utility sleds and, and and work sleds from Scandinavia across North America to people that were really intrigued by the concept of a of a full sport utility snowmobile that they can do anything with and it's kind of interesting to us that we were out in a lot of places also and we saw titans on trail rides and we saw titans hauling fish houses and we saw titans doing everything that that sled can do which is I mean, when we get to deliver a product like that and then you get to see people using it like that, it's just awesome. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Especially over in in Scandinavia and Russia, this was something that they had really been asking us for, and we had worked very closely with those teams and their customers over there to make sure we understood um, you know the the differences of what they were looking for, what they felt like they were missing given the conditions that they ride in over there, um, and their unique situations. And again, that the feedback from over there has just been overwhelmingly positive.
1: Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah. and the Voyager lineup. As far as did it take any kind of a hit with uh, with the Titan?
3: Uh, that customer is is still kind of a, a different than than what we were going after with Titan. You know that that customer tends to have more of a, a value-oriented you know mindset. They're definitely looking for something that still performs really well um, and that gives them versatility. But I think there's still two very different customers uh, within those those lineups. Um, so no, right now um, we're we're still seeing strong results for for both. and like we said, I think Titan has still a lot of room to grow and a lot of other people, um, that we can bring in with, with that flood.
1: Okay. Why don't we just touch on, uh, PG&A for 2019? What, uh, what new does Polaris have? Uh, it's getting tighter, you know, with all the different clothing manufacturers, uh, um, out there, uh, lots of colors, lots of, uh, um, you know, new materials every year. Um, what has Polaris got in, as far as new clothing for uh, for 2019 and uh, accessories for our sled? Well, quite a few
2: new accessories, especially as it applies to Evo and, and Indy. So lots of new bag options, a new cell phone charging bag for the handlebars, um, and then the new FT2 seat option for the 129, 144, and 146. So lots of new usability or user options for the for the sleds and storage capability and versatility on the sleds, and then uh, a bunch of new a bunch of new things on the on the PGA clothing side with
3: um, There's some new colors, new styles. I think the heated vest is the one that for for me I think I'm the most excited about. They have a new heated vest um, option as well. So. That's always a good
0: one. <laughs> the, the, heated, the heated vest is that is that like a, a, a safety tech vest or is it uh, like a, an inner an inner uh, vest that goes inside your your player's jacket like a, like a regular insert?
3: Uh, more of a layering piece, so it can be used both from a style perspective, but a layering piece, not necessarily a, a safety tech
0: vest. Okay, okay, perfect. Okay, that's good. Um, any kind of like a hard hard parts um, um, that you can put on your sleds uh, accessories. There's probably too much to talk about. There isn't was I'm gonna
3: say there's an overwhelming number of all these yeah. new options and yeah. stuff.
0: Yeah, really, I mean, yeah, without
2: without knowing the detail, I know there's bumper options. Yeah, uh, are on the RMP side and on the running trail board. side and running boards and colors and just a lot of stuff in the in the catalogs
3: but definitely the big emphasis for this year was around that feeding and storage um as as Marty mentioned from an indie perspective that was a a big gap that we had that we had heard from our customers and and wanted to address so that was definitely the key focus for this year
0: yeah great perfect okay hello are we are we good here i think
1: uh yeah no i just i guess just before we wrap up uh um, I know a lot of people are you know talking to me uh, about the eight fifty motor and uh and um, um, you know the concerns about durability that type of thing um, i I see as far as cooling goes um, you know you 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 've got a new uh new type of uh, uh, cooling system on the sled maybe just kind of step us through that and if I buy an eight fifty is there larger heat exchangers on the Rush or the the XC-129 than the 800 has, or are they uh, interchangeable, the motors and the chassis, as far as cooling goes?
4: As far as cooling goes, it is. uh, There's not bigger coolers, Um, but again, you know, as you alluded to, this was an all-new clean sheet engine, and really we leverage, you know, 25 years of Liberty experience going into this engine, and you can really see, as you look at the cylinder and the head, the refinement in the the water jackets. Um, We use a lot of advanced tools, um, both FEA and computational fluid dynamics, went through several iterations, built them, uh, thermocoupled up um, parts, tested and developed, and really refined this cooling system uh, to reject the heat uh, that the 850 Patriot, you know, makes as it's making the power. Uh, the other thing to note on the cooling system is we actually moved the thermostat off of the engine, and it's now integrated into the coolant bottle, um, which, you know, minimizes the vibration, extends the life, uh, still has the, the the bypass for the faster warm-up, um, but we also lowered the thermostat uh, setting the crack pressure now on the T stats at 100 degrees F. Mm-hmm. Um, but but again, a lot went into this this new cooling system based on learnings that we've had on previous generation engines, and uh, we're super excited about you know the the durability, uh, the response, and the the power that this engine delivers. Okay.
2: Um, yeah. Sure.
0: Okay, no, I'm 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 good. I think we got we got tons of information, and uh, uh, hopefully uh, our listeners will uh, will really uh, will really uh, listen to this and uh, and study it, and then uh, and pull the trigger on a new Polaris. Um, okay, so we, we can wrap it up. Um, I guess I really want to thank uh, everybody for coming on, Marty, Ricky, Julie, coming on and, and, and talking. I mean, it, not not everybody gets the access to uh, to talk to the very people that uh, are uh, are responsible for designing and. Uh, and uh and you know putting these putting these sleds together so i really appreciate uh, you talking with us and uh and uh, um, you know, I, I i can't see no reason why you wouldn't want to uh, s- get into one of those new 850 uh i i i personally like that uh, that uh, 129 that uh that that, that and the 850 that sounds like a, a weapon that thing <laughs> so um thanks a lot guys i really appreciate and, and, and julie i really appreciate you setting this this up for us and um um, you so look forward to talking to you again really soon.
3: Yeah, thank you guys for the opportunity too, and and just uh just want to say thank you too to the the rest of our team. Obviously, you got to talk to just the three of us, but there's a huge group of people at Polaris that that make all of this happen. And obviously, we're we're really excited about this year, and just want to say thanks to everybody else too on our team for for everything they did to make nineteen possible. So, okay, okay great,
1: that's great. fantastic.